When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yabla! Four goals to Ablett. Oh, that's a great goal. You'll be okay. Justin Madden's got the set. One hand. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Oh, Matthew, you better believe it. And they keep on coming on behalf of Tobin Brothers. And Tobin Brothers just say, let's celebrate lives now and uh, not when the obvious happens. And this is your Football Life today, folks. And I know a lot of you out there sitting in coffee shops or driving along like to have a few clues at who our person is. The VFL-AFL is a wonderful Australian game, as we all know, and thousands of men have played the game at this, the highest level. Some play and move on. Others have more of an impact and leave a lasting impression that will be indelibly recorded in the history of the game forever. And our man today is one such player. I'll give you a real strong clue we crossed the Nullarbor today to speak to this champion. 276 games for West Coast. 1992 and 94 Premiership player. Four-time club best and fairest. Dual Australian and inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame, one of the highest levels available to individuals in 2008. You got him? I think you're right. Glenn Jakovic, welcome to This Is Your Footy Life. G'day, Rex. Great to be on the program. Well, isn't that lovely of you to say so? Because I, first of all, just want to say you're one of the reasons I went to the footy and your, your duels with some of the great centre-half forwards of all time were amazing, but particularly you and Carey, who stand to me as probably the greatest centre-half back and centre-half forward to play in my time. It's just lovely to uh, have you on board. Tell us a little bit about your progression to when you thought you might be a chance at the highest level. Were you an above-average junior player? Yeah, I was. I was a bit of a man-child, Rex. I I guess uh, from my background, uh, Croatian background, I... I had uh, good parents that uh, you know fed me well and um, growing through the juniors and through South Fremantle Football District, which was a rich uh, football environment down in the Fremantle District, um, and uh, yeah, just progressed through the you know the Colts and back then they had the state schoolboys and the Teal Cup, and um, uh, from there I played league footy at a very young age with South Fremantle. Stan Magro was my coach and a great influence and mentor in my career, and. Um, through the 80s, you know, South Fremantle were a pretty big club. Had some great players, Stephen Michaels, Morris Rioli um, and the likes. And, Goodness uh, me. And then Morris came back after his stint with Richmond and uh, he came to South Fremantle and I played my first league game um, when Morris came back to South Fremantle for a couple of years. We played in the grand final, played some final series there and it was pretty much that path following South Fremantle that I wanted to play league footy because there was no... There was no AFL yet. Um, there was no West Coast Eagles, and um, I just wanted to play local footy for South Fremantle, and 
hopefully play um, like those two players in particular. But uh, we saw the change of the game and uh, the landscape really change from the VFL to the AFL, and um, and then from there I was coming through my teenage years, which was a which was a perfect time to yeah. come through and. Uh, and I got drafted, so I was pretty much around that South Fremantle era when I was in uh, playing Colts football. That you know, I wanted to make a fist of this. I wanted to play league footy, uh, and then strive to play you know VFL footy at the time. I was a mad Carlton supporter. Um, you know, you had a lot of West Australians like Kenny Hunter, Peter Bazzasto, John Doritich, and the lights just continued to come from WA over to. Um, to Carlton, and uh, but uh, the Eagles came into the competition, and I got drafted as a pre uh, pre zone um, pre draft selection. They had the priority picks back then. That's yes, cool. yes, yeah. Glenn Jakovic joins us. He's a star. We're talking to him across the Nullarbor today, and thanks for joining us on behalf of Tobin Brothers. It's highlighted for me, you know, talking to Graham Corns and talking to legends over there like Peter Matera. We spoke to Barry Cable that I suppose with the national competition, you know, now fully entrenched in the, uh, in the competition, that, that a lot of people forget just how strong the South Australian domestic competition and the waffle was. It was football of the highest level in your own state and it was highlighted, you know, by the amount of players who crossed the Nullarbor to play in the VFL. And also to add to that, Rex, was state of origin football. We were quite dominant in the 80s, the Western Australian teams. We had some thrilling, um, you know, encounters with um, the big Vic, the big V and Teddy Whitten, and they'd come to Subiaco Oval and, you know, we'd uh, voluntarily take a day off school, mate, to come mm. and uh, go to and watch that game. And, and same with uh, South Australian Football Park. So our pinnacle was, as a kid growing up, was to represent your state jumper, your, your state, and, and play state of origin. And, and that was something that I was very fortunate enough to do at a very young age. I was 17 and we ran out in the whacker and um, and and I played state of origin and um, you know uh, playing the likes of uh, Paul Salmon in his prime, Stephen Silvani had uh, Flea Waitman, mm. and, uh, you know Timmy Watson, um, Gary Ablett playing and Dermot Brodin. Goodness uh, me! You know I was I was just pinching myself with some of the guys I was playing against. Danny Frawley was there. Uh, it was it was just you know Gavin Brown. It was unbelievable. Good to me, the yeah. talent that was playing and. Uh, and then 12 months later, we played in the same team again and we beat them at the Wacker Ground. So, Ooh. you know, we had a very young Peter Matera, Chris Mainwaring, captain of the side, John Morsfold, had, you know, Darren Buick, you had a Ben Allen, all the players from Victoria come back, like uh, Derek Kickett and uh, Nicky Wimmer. So, you know, that was just a great, great time to be playing, you know, state footy. And we're all playing AFL footy, but state footy was just uh, still pretty good then. Mm. Uh, it was hanging on for dear life, but... Uh, you know, in the next couple of years, it kind of phased out. But um, to you know, I guess what the competition is now, I, I don't begrudge the competition uh, where it's at. I love the game. I love where it's um, where it's at, and you know, uh, it's fantastic. But I do, you know, sadly miss the state of origin concept. Yeah, and I don't think it'll ever come back. And you know, watching uh, recently, you know, uh, Queensland and New South Wales, and are going to come to Melbourne, that sort of thing. But. I said to uh, somebody else, uh, I forget who it was, that uh, you wouldn't risk your very, very best player or you wouldn't like your best player to come down with a horrible injury. But anyhow, that's another subject for another day. 1990 was a special time for you. As a 17-year-old, you completed 46 individual football matches. You not only got to have stamina, you've got to be uh, pretty injury-free. And uh, goodness me, that set you up for where you were to go in the next few years. Yeah, fast-tracked my development a little bit, but uh, I was playing um, 
I think league footy um, and state of origin and um, you know uh, all these other games that I was playing at the time, and then you know, I was still playing school footy as well, so I was playing till cup. Um, went to the carnival there, and there was state footy in South Australia, so. There was a lot of footy at the time when I was playing with men. I was still a kid, but I was playing against men, and uh, I, I quickly learned some quick tricks and uh, and not to expose yourself and uh, and you know get in the gym pretty quickly. But um, it was great grounding. Uh, I look back with such fond memories. Yeah, uh, with some of the people that I played with, and it was good people around. There was good coaches, and you know they looked after me. They 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 you know they knew that I was a pretty hungry kid that I wanted to get out there and play with a lot of enthusiasm, but they still protected me to make sure that. You know, I didn't cop a serious injury, and um, they wanted to see that I, you know, have a long career and play for the next ten or twelve years, which I was able to do. So fantastic! Uh, I, I love that time, uh, Rex. It was a great time. Oh, it was. It was a great time to be there, I'm sure, and also to witness it. Glenn Jakovic, our 276 game veteran from the West Coast, is with us today. Uh, debuted for the West Coast in 1991. People say you've got to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You were. Uh, the bloke had just coached Footscray, a Richmond Premiership player and a former St Kilda you know, player, Mick Malthouse, who's been in the news lately. He crossed the Nullarbor and uh, you debuted in round 12 in 1991 under Mick. Tell us a little bit about your first impressions and your involvement with mighty Mick Malthouse. <laughs> there was many. He was, uh, he was a man on a mission. He came over and he came over with a big, uh, a big statement, a big uh, um, a footprint or stamp of authority on the whole state, not just uh, the West Coast Eagles. And uh, He had a particular method, he had some thoughts, he had some disciplines, and he had a game plan, and um, by gee, didn't he have an impact straight away? Not only just uh, with the West Coast Eagles, but he became a, a state coach, he was a state of origin coach, which mm. was bizarre. We had a Victorian coaching of Western Australian state of origin, so, <laughs> uh, which we won um, yeah. in 1991, so he was... He was demonised by you boys over the east because yeah. uh, he infiltrated uh, over to, to the west and uh, get, started to give us some success. But um, Mick was, it was his way or the highway. Uh, he was uh, a, a disciplinarian. He shook the club right up that it needed the shaking. It needed, um, you know, to build a foundation and, um, you know, jump on for the ride because we're going places. And, um he had very good administrators in Brian Cook and Trevor Nesbitt. The, the three amigos mm. each had a role to play, and they played it perfectly in there. And they highlighted the fact that you're not only got to be good on the field, you've got to be good off the field. There's a lot of things got to come together, and Glenn Jakovic has joined us today to celebrate his footy life, which is just immense. And the history of the game is written. He'll take his rightful uh, place. Malthouse came from the Western Oval with a real reputation as don't stuff with me or you'll come undone. Brad Hardy, a famous Brownlow medalist from across the Nullarbor, picked his Guernsey up and waved it at Mick. Uh, You didn't have such uh, a a serious run-in with Mick, but you found out what Mick thought about you kicking around your body in a game against Hawthorne that they kicked a goal and you uh, warmed the bench for the rest of the game. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was pretty famous. It was the first ever final taken out of Victoria. We played Hawthorne, who we beaten twice during the home and away season. Um, it was a qualifying final. We were favoured to win. Uh, pretty soggy conditions. Um, winter was still there. Um, and Subi was a bit of a mud heap. Uh, Hawthorne came over. They physically went at us. It was a great game. But we just were off the boil a little bit uh, from what we demonstrated 
in the previous uh, home and away series where we were so dominant. Mm. But this is finals, and that's what Hawthorne came to show us all about. They played in seven consecutive grand finals through the 80s. And yeah. I took a mark um, just before half-time. Uh, I was um, on the half-back flank on the commentary side. Andrew Lockyer peeled off um, uh, Jason Dunstall on the outer wing, and all I had to do was get it to him, and it was that open, and Subi was always a bit of an open type of a ground that you could play on yeah. the scoreboard wing and uh, all I had to do was get it to him uh, and the old I guess basic uh, rule is peel off the mark get back quickly and then kick over the ball but I tried to kick around the corner and um, just screw kick the ball over to him I slipped hit the inside of my ankle and uh, Ben Allen picks up the uh, uh, the, the crappy kick um, <laughs> Rex and uh, runs in and kicks uh, kicks an easy goal I uh, just uh, handed one over yeah and, uh, the siren went and I knew I was in trouble but uh, my youthful years and lack of experience uh, I thought well I'll go face the coach I'll say I was first in which was a wrong move I should have been the 22nd man in I might have forgotten <laughs> by then but he grabbed me and um, basically pinned me up against the wall and uh, yeah the, it was a bit of a bunk, jumper punch if that's the way you want to say it yeah. but um, he was fuming he was absolutely fuming and rightfully so because I broke one of his rules I was playing millionaire type football uh, in wet conditions and it's the first final so the stakes are pretty high and I was just very inexperienced at the time it was my first final and um, he basically told me if you're not going to play my way pack your bags and go somewhere else and he Goodness said me. the whole player group and um, I sat on the bench for the remainder of the game so um, he basically gave me a good football spray it's a pretty transparent, uh, although you see and you're not here, just say uh, you're either here or you're not. And Glenn Jakovic joins us on This Is Your Football Life for Tobin Brothers. And out of the break, we talk about the two great years of the premierships of the West Coast crossing the Nullarbor to take the title. We talk about some of his famous teammates, what the game means to him now, and plenty more to come on behalf of This Is Your Football Life. Glenn Jakovic, you can check us out on Twitter at Rex Football Life. And out of the break, we continue on with Glenn Jagovich right around the nation for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating the footy life of a champion. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. And thank you very much to Tobin Brothers allowing us to celebrate the footy life of Glenn Jakovic, one of the all-time greats of the game, one of the all-time greats crossing the Nullarbor, showing us his skills in two premierships. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, your brother Alan played at Melbourne, really flamboyant, but could certainly kick goals. And you, uh, you and Alan actually played on each other. It must have been quite strange at the highest level. Yeah, it was, uh, Rex, but something that we, we cherished uh we played state footy together, but um, we played uh, on six occasions against each other. And um, not that I'm counting, but the Eagles won five and he only won one. But uh, the one that he did win, he planted the big kiss on my uh, forehead, uh, the MCG, in front of about 60,000 people. And uh, our dear mum, uh, God bless her soul, but she was there and uh, she was pretty proud that. Uh, Isn't that great? Well, one of her sons got up that day, but um, yeah, it was in the middle of our. Glory years um, of winning a couple of premierships. And, yeah. um, you know, football in that period of my life, I was uh, pretty young. I was 19, 20 years of age and 
playing in MCG, playing against my brother, playing in finals and playing winning grand finals as well. So and how good was that? special. You know, I remember, you know, as a young broadcaster finding my way and, uh, you know, getting excited, uh, but... Uh, None bigger excitement than you and Wayne Carey, the King, playing against each other. It was almost the last bastion of why people went to the footy. Now, I think it's a shame we don't see, you know, great champions pitted against one one another now, but you must have been aware that this is your biggest challenge because he was the best and you turned out to be the best. It must have been absolutely exhilarating being on the field of battle. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, those moments where... Uh, I guess this, this is where Mick played his role as a great teacher, great mentor, and a great motivator. He challenged you at every time, and um, I played on Wayne in the early um, parts of our career on uh, just for a half a footy, and he touched mm. me up completely one night at the MCG Friday night footy. Um, and he uh, went through us individually after the game, and he told me, he says, listen, yeah, you got a good touch-up, didn't you? Mm. Uh, that, that boy Kerry's going to be... A, a superstar kind of nodded and he goes, you reckon you can play on him? And I, well, I obviously said, yes, I can. Yeah. He says, well, you better learn very quickly because uh, if you don't, I'll find someone that can. Mm. And that's <laughs> so, a highlight of the highest level. And, and, and you know, I've always said that the highest level of footy is only park footy played at a frenetic pace and a pr- frenetic pressure. You either get used to the heat and the pressure in the kitchen or you go down to the pie stand and get uh, get a pie and sauce. <laughs> That's well well summed up, Rex. But uh, and we're basically you know twenty nineteen and twenty years of age when we started playing against each other, and and it was we played on each other for the next twelve years and uh, yeah. epic battles in finals. Uh, and I, I really loved playing on Wayne. He gave me a few sleepless nights, but um, he was he was just such a dominant player. But he he was a guy that took you to the contest every time, which uh, pleased me uh, first and foremost because yeah. I knew that well I'm going to be a part of the action. I'm going to have a better chance than anyone else to get the football, so I've just got to pit my wits and strengths and you know my, my strengths against him, and hopefully I come out you know better each time. And um, you know I had some really good battles, had some really good outcomes, had some had some tough ones as well. But uh, then again, there's no shame in losing a battle to someone no. of his uh, you know uh, football ability. And um, it was it was great. And going back to your question, it is sad. I, I do go to the footy and I love watching. You know, uh, great players play, but I don't get to see Ablett v Judd yeah. uh, for the full four quarters. And yeah. you know, you see them go at each other. Um, um, you know, each contest. But uh, and that's the same with the key position these days. They they roll and. and grab the most dangerous player and uh, they play on three or four different opponents. You know, you think, do you think today, Glenn Jakovic, that the kids really want to play the game like you and I did? Uh, you know, you as a kid, you know, were just focused on playing the best footy you can or do you think there's too many other interruptions or too many other sort of uh, things that kids can do today, not only sport? I think they like to play the game, but they know there's other options. Yeah. Uh, whereas we thrived and it was... Uh, you know, life and death for us. We treated it. Was. it as, yeah. We had so much passion. We loved the game, but um, we respected the game. I think the kids today they they like the game, possibly love the game, but I'm not sure if they respect the game because you could, you know, uh, I could go back and tell you uh, who won the grand final and who they beat, and yeah. some of the players from 30 years uh, prior to when I first 
you know, uh, was even born. Yeah. Um, because I researched the game. I loved seeing why, you know, there was 112,000 people at the MCG in the mm. 1966 Grand Final. Goodness me. Um, yeah, you could go through all these things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but today, some of our kids wouldn't even know who Tony Lockett is. He's the greatest Good. player ever to yeah. play and kick the most goals ever. Goodness me. I asked some of the 17-year-olds, who's Tony Lockett? And they look at me with a blank face. Oh, goodness me. Glenn Jakovic has joined us, folks, a star of the game on behalf of Tobin Brothers celebrating the footy life of Glenn. Uh, some of your teammates are household names. It just sees, but uh, there for the grace of God go I that you were at the right place at the right time. Uh, do you catch up with your mates in an official and unofficial capacity and talk about those great days like old blokes like uh, myself and my rest of my teammates do at Richmond? Yeah, we do, Rex. We have a special club um, because not only did we play in premierships, but a lot of those guys were there for the first ever game. Yeah. I wasn't, but we will pretty much there in the formative years so the club means a lot more to us because in the formative years the club you know weren't weren't the most professional they 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 struggled a bit um they already had they sacked two coaches went and got mick Moldhouse, um got rid of ceo so it was a bit of a mess for the first couple of years mm. but i guess it was more just understanding the landscape and once they did understand the landscape and you know got some real ruthless characters as far as, you know, Brian Cook, Trevor Nesbitt and Mick Mouldhouse, as far as uh, their, their football knowledge, their business acumen, um, they really built the club. And we were part of that. And yeah. they made us feel very inclusive of building the club, growing the membership, taking it to Kalgoorlie, to Caratha, to Port Hedland, to Shark Bay, to taking it all parts of Western Australia and really make it a state club. Yeah, um, we, we were the forefront. Not only were we training, but we were going out doing membership drives. When we won the first premiership, we took it to all parts of Western Australia to embrace more people. So, Gee. you know, you hear of premiership reunions every 10 years. Well, 10 years is a long time. We do <laughs> stuff that. We do it every year. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Because we love each other's company and yeah. um, they're too good of blokes to have to wait two or three yeah. years to catch up with. Yeah. And uh, Life yeah. is too short and unfortunately we've we've lost one already in, mm. in, the, in the late great Chris Maynard. Maynard, yeah. yeah. And that's really brought us together yeah. even more so. so. I heard uh, Alistair Clarkson say at the end of last year's grand final that they won't know it now, but 30 years' time they'll realise that this is a bond and a friendship for life and you can not see someone for 10 years and not recognise them. And all of a sudden, I've found, and I won't speak for you, it's when you see someone after a while that you've been on a premiership side uh, with on the MCG, it's as if you've never, ever been away. Oh, Fully agree. And uh, look, I'm not saying our premiership's any different to uh, the one you played in and the one that Hawthorne played last year and the one that Essendon won in 2000. They're all special. Mm. There's no doubting that. But ours was just different because our club had only just formed six years earlier. Uh, we'd lost the one the year before. We had some amazing journeys already. Um, and uh, we took the first ever grand final out of Victoria. So yes. it was us versus them mentality. It was the first time an interstate side had gone to the MCG on grand final day and we took the Holy Grail away from Goodness the, me, the yeah. Victorians. So yeah. we, we kind of have a lot of people. It's it, it's special amongst ourselves, but we have a lot of people. I was in Kalgoorlie not long ago and um, just doing a fundraiser there. And I had people that came to me and said, you know, they're wholeheartedly, they're really respectful, and they said, we drove from Kalgoorlie to Perth, from Perth down to the Nullarbor, because they had to go 
collect some friends. Yeah. And got to the MCG, but they had no tickets. <laughs> so they actually, on grand final day, managed to get all single tickets because wow. they said, we're not missing this grand final because they yeah. were confident we were going to win and they wanted to be a part of history. And then they say that they've still got dirt because they ended up going, you were allowed to go on the MCG after the game, I yes, guess. You were exactly. allowed to kick on there. Yeah, you were. So what they did, they pinched a heap of dirt oh. and put it in their pockets and they brought it home and bottled it because they re-dug the turf up after that year. They got rid of the, dirt, uh, the original MCG. See, because all these people, you know, were like you. All you wanted to do was play at the highest level. So did they. They weren't good enough. And this is, you know, their little slice of the action. And it, that's, that's it. why it makes Australia such a unique place. Because one of the first questions, not how are you, or sorry, I cut you off, mate, or, you know, you've eaten my steak, I say, who do you barrack for? You've had that all your life. All, all our lives, <laughs> and that's that's the beauty about our game. It just uh, embraces everyone, everyone that's involved in it, from whatever background you're from. Yeah, it just embraces it. If you can play, if you can be involved, um, if you're an administrator, if you're the boot stutter or the guy that cooks the soup on the Wednesday night, they just want to be a part of the club, and that's what our football club was back in the early late '80s, early '90s. It's been fantastic. Our time is up. And on behalf of Tobin Brothers, we've celebrated your footy life. And just on a personal note, I'm enjoying your commentary uh, on radio. I, I like listening to it. I like the uh, incisive comments and that. You're sounding well. I hope that's the case. And Glenn Jagovic, this has been your football life. And that was fantastic. If you'd like to hear the extended version of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. This has been This Is Your Football Life thanks to Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives. Join us next week from 7.30am on Sunday morning on 1116SEN. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.